Blog Talk Radio. They said you wouldn't make it so far. And ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the night you had to cry. Cause you had never let it go inside. You worked through hard. You know exactly what you want and need. So believe. And you can never give up. Welcome. You are listening to Get Into It with Tina Conroy, and I am your host on Blog Talk Radio. Our phone lines are open today, and that number is 516-387-1936. Also, the chat room is open, and to go to the chat room, please go to blogtalkradio.com, find my show, Get Into It with Tina Conroy, and join the chat. And there will be threads, and you can answer questions, and we'll be looking at the questions. So hello everyone, welcome if you are listening live or on the recording. Today is Wednesday, October 8th. Wow, we're into Wednesday already in October. Here we are. Very big day today, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We have a lot of strong energy. And like I've said before, I'm not an astrologer, but we are affected by a lot of things going on. And today, October 8th, is a full moon, lunar eclipse, and they're calling it a blood full moon. So... A lot of things going on. I know for myself, I really are challenged, really challenged by the full moon. Um, I feel very emotional. I have trouble sleeping. I have had a headache for two days. Um, we also do have another Mercury retrograde. I know. I feel like I'm a broken red- record. Every time I say things, it seems like I'm always saying it. But Mercury retrograde began again on Saturday. So there's a lot of things things happening. Um, Mercury retrograde can cause a little fun in our lives, like things breaking down or things not working out, electronical things, uh, cars, things like that. Um, but not to be scared of Mercury retrograde, right? These are just patterns and shifts that are always happening. But it does make me laugh because when everything goes awry, I can always blame it on poor little Mercury. So I want to tell you a little bit about this this fun total lunar eclipse in Aries um, and what they're calling it, the blood full moon. And I'm getting some of this information from Mystic Mama. I love this site, so if you're interested, you can always look it up from mysticmama.com. So the total lunar eclipse in Aries on October 8th, 2014. This is the second of the eclipse, so there is four. There was four. There will be four total. And they give you a little suggestion. So again, I'm just kind of going over a little bit because it could be very in-depth And again, I'm not an astrologer. So the second total lunar eclipse in the series of four will arrive early Wednesday morning, October 8th, at about 3.56 a.m. Pacific time. And the full moon is about 3.51 a.m. Now, they talk about, in this full moon, bringing a huge focus to the endings and changes in your life, transformations, death, and rebirth. The guidance is also about talking about how can be like 
throwing more fuel on the already hot and dynamic transformational fire? Well, I think that's what I'm feeling. So a lot of transformation going on, a lot of changes. I talked about that in my last show, personally and at work. And it's sort of kind of just throwing more stuff on the fire, more fuel to the fire. Another suggestion is that they're saying radical shifts, changes, endings, and new beginnings in our personal and collective lives. So here we are again in changes and shifts. They talk about we may find our action slash anger, aggression, energies heightened. So some of you who have a little bit more of heightened sensitivity, notice that. A few more things. Be careful that we are responding rather than reacting, as the latter done impulsively or without thought or consciousness can get us into trouble. That's so important. I feel like I've been falling into that trap. I need to heed this advice. So responding rather than reacting. And then I could go on and on, but the last one that I'm going to share with you is we have to be willing to do things differently as it is only when we do something different that we can start to create new neural pathways in the brain. And we all know that, right? If we continue to do all the things always the same, we'll get the same results that we always get. So, my show today, I'm very excited, and before I even bring my, my guest on the show, it is about changes and how do we work with these energies and how do we create this peacefulness in our life and continue to have this sense of energy in a calm state. What can we do about it? And this is from uh, Energy of Feng Shui. So before I bring Eileen on the air, I wanted to pull a universal card for the show, and I'm pulling from the fairies. It's one of Eileen's favorite decks. It's one of my favorite decks as well, and I always think of the fairies as little housekeepers and little cleaners of the house, so we can ask them for the outside world and the inside world, and so I thought it would be a nice way to encourage the fairies to come and be with us today on our show as we talk about the energies in our home. I'm just shuffling the cards that I do every week and pulling a universal card for the week. So this would be for this week, October 8th. And the fairy card I chose is Problem Resolved. Fantastic card. So all those problems that are lurking around, they're starting to settle down. So fantastic card. So let's go ahead and center. Again, of course, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you can find a comfortable seat, sitting in a chair, or if you'd rather sit on the floor, go ahead and do that. Just take a nice, long, deep breath in, and exhale away. Exhale away all troubles, worries, doubts, busyness of life. Feel your shoulders relax, your face relax, your eyes heavy. Rest your palms either upward or downward in your lap and feel your spine nice and tall. Inviting the breath and inviting this moment as I bless this space for everyone listening on this call or on the recording, sending out healing and whatever healing you may need today. We ask that we are surrounded by the masters, the angels, spirit guides to work with us, through us, and in us. That we may learn and 
guide ourselves and support ourselves in this energy we're learning more about today. And then gently bring your palms to your heart center, one palm to your heart and the other palm on top of your heart. Just notice your energy within your body and your energy field. And take another deep breath in and exhale away. And then gently coming back to the room. So I'm going to start with a few announcements because it seems like I always get to the end of the show and I run out of time. So I want to have my full time with Eileen with all of you. So there's about four things coming up in October and November, and I want to share that with you. This is all in the New York area. This is all at Practice Body, Mind, Soul in Roslyn, New York. October 19th is a Sunday from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. I am hosting a restorative yoga and essential oils, a beautiful afternoon. No yoga is nece- no yoga experience is necessary. Learning about restorative postures, relaxing, and essential oils to accompany them. On Tuesday, October 28th, 1 to 3 p.m. and 3 to 4.30, I'm doing an intro to oils, and this is, again, Young Living Oils. I had Jen Stave on the show about two shows ago, and she'll be with me and learning about the introduction to oils of Young Living from 1 to 3. And then 3 to 4.30, my Young Living members, some of you are my Young Living members under my team, we're going to be using a scanner, find out where we are scanning the body and where we need to resolve some blocks and energy work with oils. Moving to November 5th from... November 5th is a Wednesday from 11.30 to 2.30, and I have a delightful pleasure to be working with the Handel Group and Lori Gerber. Lori Gerber is the co-president of the Handel Group. The Handel Group is Life Coaching Meets Yoga. And this is a wonderful workshop, November 5th from 1130 to 2.30, Align Your Life. I'll be doing the yoga portion of that, and Lori will take over her fantastic self about coaching. And then lastly, November 9th is a Sunday again, 12 to 5, Develop Your Intuition with me. It is a six-hour course, and we are I am so excited to share this with all of you. I've been doing, wanting to do this for a long time, learning about the seven clairs, intuitive messages. Each student will get an oracle card deck, learn, talk about automatic writing and psychometry. So a lot of fun. Again, you can find this all at the website, practicebodymindsoul.com. So I am so delighted to bring my friend, my guest, my student, Eileen Weiss Nelson, on the line. I'll tell you a little bit about her. She is a Reiki master as well. Eileen is a president and founder of Long Island Feng Shui Institute. She is a coach for students and consultant for corporations and private clients alike. After working in the fashion and cosmetic industry for 11 years, her life was redirected when she implemented Feng Shui cures for the book Interior Design with Feng Shui by Sarah Rosbach and Grandmaster Thomas Lin Yun. She has been a teacher, a consultant, and administrator for the past 15 years. Her work and ideas have been published in the New York Times, the New York Post, Creations Magazine, 
Car and Travel magazine, Dan's Papers Hamptons, and has been featured as a feng shui expert on TV. Eileen is a direct student of the late H.H. Grandmaster Thomas Lin Yun, worldwide authority of feng shui from the perspective of the black sect of Tibetan Tantric Buddhism. So I'm so delighted and excited to bring Eileen on the line, so I'm going to get her on the line now. Hey, Eileen, are you there? Hi, Tina, I'm here. Oh, so glad to have you. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you, Tina, for inviting me to be on your show. I also just want to bring in the energy of my teacher, the late Grandmaster Lin Yun, and thank him for all his guidance and teachings for the past 15 years. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. So this has been exciting for me because I know very, very little about feng shui, and I know I've kind of expressed that over the many years, and I am so excited to learn a little bit more to just kind of open up my awareness. So, and I know so many people, some people will be listening live and other people will be listening on the recording. So why don't we just start with, I guess, how did you become interested in feng shui? How did your your life get redirected or directed to this direction? Well, I had been taking books out of the library since I was 13 on various metaphysical work. Um, including dowsing and crystals and essential oils. And um, later on in life, I was home with the kids, and a book came across my desk. It was Interior Design with Feng Shui, written by Sarah Rossback, which was one of the first English books on Feng Shui. Now, if you Google Feng Shui titles, you probably get in excess of 10,000 hits for that. And I read this book, and it really connected with me. And my husband was not doing so well in business, and I thought I would just do some things that I learned in the book in my house. And my husband kind of followed me around, and we did some feng shui cures and a feng shui blessing. And the next day, he got a raise. So he said to me, I don't know know, (laughs) if it's a coincidence or not, but let's do some more of it because everything's good. Things are going well. Right, right. Um, And we we continued to do that. And I opened up my local high school continuing ed program, and there was a class on feng shui. I didn't even know that you can go to learn feng shui. I thought it was only in books. And I signed up for part one and part two, and I brought my little floor plan because I needed to know if I had an extension in wealth or if I was missing a piece, according to the Bagua And in the class, I mean, I just loved it, everything about it, the meditation, the connection to your house and your feelings and emotions and what's going on in your life. And while I was in that class, a woman had a brochure for a training program. I looked at it. I said, wow, that's very expensive. I took it home, and that birthday was a big birthday for me, and my grandmother sent me a very large check, which paid for that training And I had no babysitter. I had a small child at home. And my sister had been working as a teacher in the South Bronx. And she just up and quit her job. She hated it there. So all of a sudden, she was available to be a babysitter for me. So off I went (laughs) to my class. Loved it from the minute that I walked in. I was thinking that it was one thing. You know, I was going to move some furniture. I was going to clear some clutter. (laughs) But that's totally only a very small part of what feng shui is all about. 
all the energy work and meditation and connection and reading the space was just fascinating for me. And so I went to that program, and at the end, the woman who'd been in charge was getting married and moving up to Vermont. And when I went to pick up my final project, they asked me to speak to prospective students about feng shui. I said, that sounds great. And by the way, we'll set you up in a home office. Well, that worked perfectly for me since I did have a small child. And they never hired a new director. I became the director. I set up the program, hired the teachers, did um, all of the advertising and wrote all the curriculum, and I became the director there. And after a couple of years, the absentee owner really wasn't interested in having the feng shui program. And so I went out on my own, and I opened up Long Island Feng Shui Institute, which became the largest feng shui school on Long Island. And um, that was amazing and had been doing that for 15 years. So that has allowed me to really touch hundreds of students and certify them in feng shui. And uh, like Tina said, I now consult for corporations, and I work with real estate brokers on selling homes, and I work with uh, especially women overcoming um, different kinds of health issues, and have added Reiki, energy healing, and I'm a soul coach, and all those things really help me work with people, places, and pets, and that's what I do now. So it's almost like that everything you said kind of like divinely, obviously we know that it just divinely guided you from one step to the other, from your, your grandmother leaving you money to right. to the next thing, and then here you are today. And you're right, because I'm, I'm like a baby of feng shui, because I would just think, okay, move my couch over here or, you know, move that end table. I don't have the whole, the whole process of it, so it's, it's very intriguing to me. Um, and then using all the pro- proponents of what you do, bringing in the Reiki and the soul coaching, and I know you work with the animals as well. So what is, I know people talk about all different feng shui. Are there different, I'm going to kind of like, are there different lineages of feng shui? Different. Yeah, like every other Chinese art and science, there are different lineages. And what that means is there's an originator of the information, and that gets passed down through that line very much like Reiki does. Okay. Um, and so Professor Lin Yun, as we call him, um, is really the grandmaster of this type of feng shui. Now, there's really thousands of different approaches to feng shui in China and Taiwan, and they all focus on different things. What separates the black sect of tantric Buddhist approach is that it's a connection of mind, body, and soul in that also we take a look at what's visible and the energy that's invisible in a house. Oh, okay. So every house, I say, has a story. And when you buy a house or you take over um, a commercial space or even if you buy a car from someone or purchase estate jewelry, all of that has some kind of story, an initial energy pattern that's in place. And when we take that over, we take that energy and that story on. So we're like stepping into someone else's shoes. So that whole karmic story or experience 
is ongoing and the other people step out and you step in and it's still going in that path. Now, so what I'm, a lot of times I do is I step in for the client and I change the direction of the story if it it's going negative. Right, because that or was going to be if my we next, want to clear that energy. Right, because that was going to be my next question. Like, oh, great! Now I have other people's stuff, and right. and now you're you're stepping into this story that's their story, and it may not be this. It's obviously not the story you want, and so you're not a prisoner to that, right? So right. you can have okay. Now, some people, you know, think that they the best way to learn feng shui is really. It's an oral tradition, so it needs to be passed on from master teacher to student. But there's lots of good information in books, but as you know, if you're a book writer, um, the editors don't always put everything in, so Mm -hmm. you have to be careful with that. So it's always good to get a certified feng shui consultant to come and look at your personalized situation. Okay. Now, what is this? It's, and I'm look. I know it's abbreviation, so excuse me, but BTB Feng Shui right. is that a different yeah, kind? Yeah. So that's Black Sect Tantric Buddhist okay. approach for the Westerners. You know, we're lo- always looking for a sh- the shortcut. <laughs> so that's what BTB stands for. Okay. Okay. So now the title of our show. So if you guys are just clicking on now or just finding us now, I'm on with guest Eileen. Well, Weiss Nelson and Feng Shui Master and Reiki Master Healer, um, and our title is "How is the how? How is your house a mirror of you?" So I guess that's we're going to just kind of jump right in with that. What do you mean by that? How do what do you mean by your house being a mirror of of you? So in Feng Shui, we use a tool. It's kind of an invisible map that you overlay over your space called a bagua, and in this bagua, there's different levels that associate with different life situations. For example, there's health on the Bagua, there's career, there's fame or what you're noted for, there's family, there's children, there's a female energy, a male energy, um, there's different colors associated with this Bagua. So there's health, there's color, there's life situations. And when we overlay this over our house, we can read the shape of your house and the kind of outline of your house and kind of find out what the story is. When you learn feng shui, you're taking into consideration the colors that are used, um, the actual shape, any architectural elements, what's going on inside your house, and also what's going on in your property and on the the surrounding area. So by looking at this, we can actually read the story and find out what's going on with each person. So, for example, if you're having a health issue that is related to, um, let's say, your um, kidneys. So one might look at one of the different home systems relating to the kidneys and see what's going on. So kidneys are a water energy. They kind of siphon through all the water in your body. And we, so we might look at the plumbing in your house. Mm, okay, okay. So the plumbing and the plumbing. Uh, but the plumbing also relates to anything that's blood because the water is kind of like the veins and circulatory system of the blood in your body. Now, if you 
are having some issues or blocks in your career, we would, looking at this overlay of the Bagua, look at the career area. Now, there's nine different areas, um, and the career is just one of them. We might look at what's going on in your career area. So maybe in that area of your house, which is the the middle front, if you have like a uh, a tic-tac-toe board overlaid over your property or your home, based mm-hmm. on your front door, it would be that middle front section of the tic-tac-toe board. And let's say in that area, maybe that area is missing from the shape. You have kind of a cutout, a recessed door. That indicates that there's a missing piece in career. So you may not have enough impulsion or opportunities in that area to support your career, and maybe that's why it's wobbling. So that's how everything mirrors what's going on in your house. So now let me ask you a question. Because most people live in families or more than one person, is each does each structure affect each person? Like, you know what I'm saying? So how does yeah. how do you do it for each person in the house? Is everyone's going to be a little different and have different issues, right? Right. But somehow they're related. People who are living in the same house mm-hmm. have a lot of the same influences. But um, it's not just your feng shui that influences your life. There's lots of different um, input into that. So besides you being in your house, you also spend a lot of time in your office. So half right, the time is right. in your home. You own, you know, your parents may own the home, but you're influenced what's going on in your home. You're spending eight hours sleeping, but you're also spending time at your office. So that also has an influence on you. Right. And a lot of people are always at their office. They're hardly home. I mean, some people are like working. Some people are married to their work. Yeah, exactly. So then their, their office and all of that is another whole. So that's so important. That's, I would, I would think that the corporations really, the people that you go in for corporations, it's so helpful if they're just to be more productive and in a healthy environment in the workspace. Yeah. Really major corporations, really any office would benefit from having a feng shui analysis. Um, Even as far back as choosing a name for your space Mm -hmm. and what the numerological implications would be. So both are really important. So I just want to talk a little bit about how the house is a microcosm of your life and some of the um, information or things that you might want to go home and look at in your own space. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the major things is what do you see when you come into your house? What's the first thing seen upon entering? And also what do you see when you leave your house? What's going on outside? Or even what's going on when you're driving to work? So some of the things that you might view upon entering your house would be a, a split view. When you come into the house, there's a visual to the right and a visual to the left, and that's considered split view. That can actually cause eye problems because your eyes don't know which way to focus, and this affects your nervous system and can cause accidents because your eyes aren't being focused properly. Another thing is if you come into your space, and I've seen this in a lot of apartment settings, there's an immediate wall. And that may mm. even be your front hall closet. So that's considered a blocked wall. And that okay. also 
um, affects your nervous system, and that could especially be affecting your career because your entry is considered the career area. Now, if you see your kitchen when you first enter your house, that means that you'll want to eat food. So that's all related to your digestion, and it could also be your intestines and also problems relating to food like obesity, bulimia, anorexia. Uh, if you see your bathroom as the first thing you see when you come in, you might have a sense of urgency. And that would affect your bladders, urinary tract infections, and things like that. Now, Professor Lignon always tells a story. At one time, he rented this apartment, and it had the bathroom view. And in the beginning, it didn't affect him so much. So he'd come in, and then he would kind of feel like he had to go to the bathroom. But the longer he stayed in there, he said that he would be, like, on his way, like, leaving work, and he would be on his way, and he already, in response to that view over time, like, already had to go to the bathroom, like, miles away. So that, over time, will increase. Okay. And is something like that urgency, obviously, to Mm -hmm. go to the bathroom, or urgency in getting things done in your life? Could it be both? It's actually related to the bladder. Oh, okay. So it's it's going to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of I'm sitting here in my house right now and going, you're doing wait, your own feng shui I, from the I, chair, I, I, right? I'm, I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, my door isn't straight, my door is turned. That's my entry. So I'm right. like, I don't have my my front door. You actually come to the front of my house and my door is turned. So then you walk right. in and then you have to turn. And I'm like, uh oh, I see a door. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very funny. Well, so people we'll, have, really we'll have to take care of that another day. I mean, people probably get like can get also very scared about this, right? Like, oh no, right. there's this, there's that. What do I do? So, but go ahead. I like I like all these uh, I like all yeah. these things that people can we'll get definitely over. talk about that. So, some <laughs> of the positive things that you might see are if you open up your door and that's the living room. So that's a feeling of warmth, of relaxation. That's a really smooth transition if you open your door and the living room is there. Another thing would be if you have a library or study, that would make you want to study. This is great for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, an, a way that we develop our houses in the West, but they might in, in China or Taiwan. But this would help you be more studious and learn new knowledge and really read more. So that has a huge effect on you. So it's really over time. Okay. Um, So if we have all these things, there's something called a cure that we use in feng shui, and that's usually can be determined by a professional. But those nine major cures would help probably 99% of the people. So let me just talk about those real quick. Mm -hmm. So cure number one is bright or reflecting objects. And this is where you hear about relating mirrors and crystal balls and lights during feng shui okay. to adjust the pace of the energy or chi or prana, the life force energy coming into a space. That's usually done from the front door because that's really your connection to the outside. The second one is sound. And a lot of people use wind chimes or bells to create 
different sounds that change your perspective. When Think about when you hear a doorbell or it, even in yoga, we use tincture bells a mm-hmm. lot of times mm-hmm. to start and end meditations. All those things will change the sound in your space. And you can have your wind chime inside or outside of your space. And it's not normal normally seen inside because people think there's no wind, it's not working, but it's the ability to work. And you can physically hit your, make your wind chime make noise, and that is changing the vibration of that space. Okay. Living objects, that could be plants, alive, or if you get really good quality silk, I don't recommend plastic. You can use bonsais, flowers, an aquarium, and even your pets change the energy of your space because, of course, you come to the door and they give you that unconditional love. They're happy to see you. Whether you had a good day or a bad day, they're there. You know, they want to be with you. So that's going to uplift your chi and make you feel happy when you come in. So does pets in general, would you say pets in general do that for everybody? Yeah, yeah. Whether you have a dog or a cat or a bird, even a snake or turtle, (laughs) you know, they're still happy to see you. Right. Um, Then there's the fourth one is moving objects. So these are used mostly outdoors because your outdoor property is still part of your feng shui. That's important. And that could be using a mobile outside. Again, the wind chimes, um, a windmill, because you see that in different parts of the country. If you go out east to the Hamptons, there's windmills. As you enter a couple of the different towns there, Bridgehampton, there's a windmill. And that's considered a moving object, and that could be used as a cure to bring more people in for shopping, for living, and really enhancing the energy of the whole town. And moving objects could also be a fountain. That could be exterior or interior. You can have a wall fountain. You can have a table fountain in your office. You can even have a big fountain outside. And a lot of buildings in New York City might have a fountain outside to really bring in that water energy. There's one um, at Columbus Circle, a big one right in the Mm -hmm. middle, and that's kind of helping move that crazy frenetic energy that's around um, Columbus Circle. Right, and it makes, makes, I'm just saying, that kind of makes sense because it's also like a soothing focal point, and I know that obviously very well, where it's like you're, you can emotionally feel better by having a focal point and going to. I also think of the, um, obviously Columbus Circle, and I know that's traffic, but I also think of the beautiful um, in Central Park where it kind of comes together. I know there's an angel right. there, so I love that. So even though right. it's not traffic, it's sort of all the people come together. So you can experience it even if you don't know what it's about. You're feeling it that's emotionally. Right. Yeah. That, that connection to the water and the sound of water is really soothing for people. Even if you go to Versailles in Paris, there's that big fountain in the back, and they have lots of water elements just to make you feel good. Also, in Chinese, uh, the water element is related to money. So Mm. if you want to enhance money, you might use a fountain in different areas of your house to enhance money and your career and, and just general wealth. So the next one is heavy objects, and that could be stones, kind of big boulders or statues of different things, and that could be used 
to anchor a property if it feels like it's not grounded enough or if you're looking at the shape of a house and it's what we call um, a missing piece, you can fill in that missing, missing piece by anchoring a statue or a stone in a corner to complete the shape of your home or hmm. a building for that matter. Wow. Then there's electrically powered objects. A lot of people, you'll, you know, especially in Chinese restaurants, you'll see bamboo flutes. And if you think of bamboo, actually the natural bamboo, as you go up, the notches get longer. So symbolically, that's about having your life get better and better as it goes along. Hmm. And the word for bamboo in Chinese also means peace and safety. So that's great for lots of different things. You can also use bamboo flutes, and it's not a flute that you play. It's something that's created especially as a ritual object for this purpose. So you wouldn't want to blow into your flute because that's going to change the energy of that flute. And it's not a flute that you play like a metal flute. This is the actual piece of bamboo shaped into a flute. And that typically has tassels and a red string and sometimes calligraphy on it Mm. to even empower it more. And number eight would be colors, different colors that you choose. There's different colors that make you feel more uplifted. If you think about going to a spa, most of the time they use greens and blues that are very soothing for you. And really doctor's offices, hospitals, they should all be thinking about what colors are in their space, even high schools. Mm. I know – the high school that my daughter goes to, she recently said to me, oh, they changed the color of the floor tiles. It's now yellow and red, and it feels like McDonald's. Mm, so wow. the colors that you choose are really important. And then number right. nine in, in all of Professor Lin Yun's information, nine is always kind of to be determined by the consultant or other things that haven't been developed yet. Like when he started feng shui, there was no such thing as the Internet. There were no cell phones. So we're always developing in our culture different things. So he always leaves that kind of cure number nine is always other. Hmm. And so that's how we, you know, use all these different objects in our space to change things that are not the best. Okay. So when someone comes, when you do an analysis, do most people come to you, in your experience, do most people come to you when they're having a problem? Or like maybe I could see like them buying a house where it's something, um, or they, I would, do people seek you out more if there's an issue going on? Do you find that more often? Or I get, I get lots of different people. Um, I get a lot of people who have tried everything and they are looking for, something that they haven't thought about yet, which is very much like what you had said at the beginning of the show. You know, if you do the same thing over and over and it's not working, you need to find an alternative. So Mm -hmm. I get a lot of those people who are really at wit's end. Like I just had a a client trying to sell a house after being on the market for four years. They had all different prices and analysis by real estate brokers, but they finally brought me in to really find out, well, why is this house not moving? So I get brought in a lot of times when people are having issues um, and also when people are just selecting a house. I think it's really important. You know, people, 
for people to narrow down their final selections of where they want to live, what's in their price range, and then call in a feng shui consultant. They could look at the energy of the house and tell you what life might be in this space, what what the story that's in motion is all about. And then you can decide, you know, do I want to buy a house that there was a divorce in because Mm -hmm. that energy is going to stick there? Or do I want to live in a house that the people had to downsize? They were having financial issues. Or do I want to move into a house that the people move to a larger space? You know, that's kind of upward chi. The other Mm -hmm. ones are kind of downward chi. So all of that can be seen and a consultant can give you direction, a professional can give you direction on what's going on. And I do that a lot for businesses, too, when they're moving to a new space. I can go in and they can say, okay, these are the three spaces, and you know, during that day I can go in and tell them exactly which space would be most suitable for what they are looking for. Right, and then I get quite often. Yeah, and I could I can imagine that construction is really important. Like if you're breaking down a wall, or if you're making things bigger, or you're making something smaller, or if you're like, yeah, like buying space or gutting something out, or an addition to your home or an office. Well, that's a little part of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's so important. People don't realize that when you're taking down a wall. So, again, it comes back to the your house is a mirror of yourself. So when you're breaking down a wall, that's going to be something that's connected to you and your body. So you have to take a look at, well, where is that located using this bagua? And there are, besides the cures, there are blessing rituals and things to do when you're changing the physical part of the house on the inside. And also if you're cutting down the trees and Mm. things on your property, if you're changing your property, that's really important to do some kind of ritual, thanking the trees that you have to take down, giving gratitude and doing some kind of, uh, we do usually a rice blessing outside of the house. Because that's going to affect you. So when you your the trees actually have to do with your bones. So when you're cutting down branches and trees, that may affect your bones and the people's bones who live in the house. Mm. That's definitely something to look at. So now, I actually got a, yeah, a call this morning about, about a client. She has to take down a tree, and she wanted to know, you know, can I come and and actually do a blessing ceremony? to release the tree. And of course, you know, I'm connected to the angels and and fairies and even though we can't see them and even animals, we don't know what's living in that tree. So yeah. just to kind of thank that tree with gratitude and just let the tree and any of the animals or spirits of the tree know that the tree's going to come down, it's not feeling well or whatever the situation is and they're welcome to stay on your property. You'd love to have them but they need to move out of the tree to be safe. Yeah, it, make, it makes me think of the sadness part. Uh, you know, Sandy, when, you know, down, up and down Searingtown Road, all those trees, I was like, oh, oh yeah. so devastating. All those cherry trees, you just felt yeah. it in your heart when you went Painful. down and the devastation. It was it was very depressing. There was a lot of grief feeling after after Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, there definitely yeah. was. I felt that. I felt all the trees that were coming down, and then some they had to take away, and then they did those, you know, it just really was a loss. You felt a big space. Right. So I can see how 
blessing that blessing the tree and doing a ceremony is is so so good so great and so many of us i mean I hate to hear about all these trees coming down unnecessarily, you know. Right. But when you do that, if you can plant something else, I know a lot of times just on Searingtown Road, they put in trees mm-hmm. that were mangled in the wires. I mean, you have to be realistic. Right. Don't put up a tree that's going to have to be mutilated because of the wires. Put up something that's not going to grow that tall. Right, right, or, exactly. Or, you know, put something small. Even a bush is better than a tree that's going to have to constantly be pruned back. I mean, that's a lot of energy. It would have been better if they put the trees on the opposite side of the street this time that doesn't have the wires. Right. So, so the next time you're in Long Island going down Searingtown Road <laughs> by exactly. Christopher Morley Park, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. You'll see what we're talking about and how it used to be and how it is. So what just came to mind, actually, out of the blue, is you know my mom is a real estate broker, and she right. I'm thinking about numbers now because she's mm-hmm. always been telling me there's um, – uh, an Asian population that there's certain numbers that she can't right. bring them to see their houses. And I, I'm right. probably going to get it wrong. I want to say it's like fours, but I could be wrong. No, um, you're right. Is it fours? Yeah. And so she's yeah, always saying really to me, four you know, and seven. Okay. Four, actually the word four, uh, for the number four in Chinese means death. Oh, okay. And that's why it's kind of like our number 13. If you go to hotels in Asia, a lot of times there won't be a fourth floor like in the United States there's no 13. Okay, gotcha, right. And then number 7 is considered kind of a ghost number where there's ghostly energies hanging around that you don't want. So it's usually number 4, and that would be like 44, um, even 14, or 40, anything with the number 4. Well, my mom's house was 44. They sold it, but she was selling her house. It was 44, and she, right. this is how she found this a couple of years ago. But um, So now tell me about this. So let's say they're already in a four. They're, you right. know, they have the house. They're like a 44, like my mom's house, or you know, a seven. There's also there, there are blessings and rituals to help with that, the cures? Yeah, no? on a mundane okay. level, this a client that I have um, in Sands Point, they're selling a house with the number four. You can mm-hmm. actually petition the post office and get an, a different number. Mm. And uh, some of my clients who have a lot of Asian people looking at their house have done that in the past. Wow, okay. And so that could change the energy of the house too because numerologically each house number has an energy. So a positive number in feng shui, of course, is the number nine because in numerology nine is the highest vibration if you think of um the vibrations like the keys on a piano you have like um number the letters go back to c each each eight notes so it's very much like that so nine is the strongest vibration and so we use a lot of um, nines in feng shui we'll do things nine times we'll say mantras nine times we'll use 99 108 as the number of completion so numerology is also part of feng shui and some people okay. don't know actually feng shui is a branch of Chinese medicine so when mm. they're trying to help you with your health and things like that they'll look at the feng shui of your space Hmm. The, to see what's going on with you. Um, I've done work with women who were trying to get pregnant or had trouble with miscarriages, and that 
could be changed by looking at the space. Wow. Amazing. Wow, there's so much to other we're you know we're never going to get to everything because this, this right. is like just the top, top, top of the iceberg. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's really like a grain in the sand of a beach. Right. I mean, right. it's just so, so little. And the same thing is in, in books. A lot of times books only have a very small amount of feng shui, very limited. And that's why you need a professional. Right. Exactly, because I wouldn't. There's so many things you're saying that I wouldn't even think. Of, I wouldn't have, you know, really thought about. Right. Um. So we have we have about 11 minutes left. I don't see anybody else calling in as of right now. I'm going to check the also the chat room, but I know there's a bunch of stuff we've definitely missed. So, um, what else do you want to share with some of the listeners? Uh, we talked about some of the tools. Uh. Maybe some books or resources, things like that. Yeah, I. If you're looking to learn more about feng shui, definitely look at your local high school for continuing ed classes. Um, I teach at Queensborough College twice a year, an intro class. If you're just wanting to learn that, I do one-on-one classes with people who really want to intensively find out about feng shui. Also, book-wise, I would recommend anything that's written by Sarah Rossback and Lin Yun, L-I-N-Y-U-N. He's the uh, grandmaster of feng shui in this country and the world. Um, something like a good place to start is Interior Design with Feng Shui, and that's written by them. If you're into color and using color, they've written a book called Living Color, which is a really good color book. If you're a gardener and you want to play around with feng shui on the exterior of your house, you might want to try um, uh, what is it called? Um, anything from Jill Hale, G-I-L-L-H-A-L-E. She's um, an English woman who actually come to, had come to teach for me at uh, Long Island Feng Shui Institute. So that's really good for exterior information. And also the Encyclopedia of Feng Shui. Um, I'm sorry, it's called uh, Feng Shui for Dummies. <laughs> and it's the one that's written. It's You don't have to be dumb. It actually has a ton of information. I reviewed it before it came out. Um, so that's Feng Shui for Dummies, and that's written by my friend David Daniel Kennedy. So those are just a couple of books that you might want to try. And if you're interested in Feng Shui, the best way is to schedule a consultation for yourself so you can look at the Feng Shui that's going to affect you and and everything in your life. That's really important. Okay. What's going to be important and, and really change the course of your life. And I'm going to list everything before we leave uh, Eileen's information. We actually do have a caller, so I'm only going to say your four last digits. So 2293, I'm going to pick you up on the line. So hang on. Hello. I'm here. Hi, Tina. Hi. It's Hannah Packer. How are you? Hi, Hannah. How are you? Good. Okay, so a... I, I had to walk away from my computer because I was listening on computer and there is a little delay. Oh, yes, there. yes. Um, do you have a, so do you have a question for I... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very interesting because it's, what intrigued me was the title of the talk. 
uh, which said that the, what, what's inside of your house mirrors what's inside of you. And I said, oh, my God, does it mean that the mess in all my closets um, are <laughs> somehow reflecting what's inside of me? Yes. So, you know, let's talk about clutter. It's really a, a small part of feng shui. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people make it a major part, but it's really not. It's more about the energy. But when you have clutter, whatever it is, it could be book clutter, it could be paper clutter, it could be clothing clutter. If you have a mess of things in one area of your house, first it's good to overlay this invisible um, feature and map over your house to see, okay, so what area am I using clutter to block? And you might find it's in your Mm -hmm. family area and you have some family issues. But the best thing to do is really to tidy it up because clutter can clutter your mind. If you think of people who are hoarders and things like that, they've really immobilized themselves behind objects and material things. So really, Mm -hmm. it's very easy. You could just... um, Really just tidy it up, and if you need um, assistance with that, there's always people who do clutter clearing and can come in by the hour and help you. Um, I can actually have Tina even put up one or two people who can help with that because people nowadays, we're downsizing, or we, we, over time, over our lifetime, we really collect a lot of things. So if it's organized clutter... That's one thing. If it's disorganized clutter where it's taking over your house, like room after room, you know, that's really going to have an impact on your life. That's that's a big block for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. So it's, I, I don't think my house is that bad. Uh, <laughs> were, I'm glad Yay. to hear it. But there were areas where I definitely uh, leave uh, paperwork. It's something I I absolutely hate to do, and I leave it for the last second when I have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's at the bottom of my priority list. Right. Um, but um, I understand that I have to. I recently um, resigned from a job and decided mm-hmm. to start my own company. And Excellent. I spent act- actually first few weeks shredding and going through various documents in many places I had, some of them 10 years old, and I thought that I have to keep those bank records. And I said, no, I don't. This bank doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I shredded everything and got rid of it. But then I don't think, I also felt a little dissatisfaction that I didn't have it organized how I would like to see it, but didn't know how to do it either. So it was a little catch-22 there. Right. And, well, it must um, have felt very to... cathartic getting rid of all those papers. I'm sure you felt a lightening of your yes. body even, a lifting. Definitely. Um, but like I said, I, there's lots of clutter-clearing people, and I'll I'll actually give um, Tina a couple to put up on the site so that they can help you by the hour. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Hannah, for calling. Thank you. It's, it was a wonderful show and very, very enlightening. I'm going to read the book because I really want to learn more about it. Great. Yes. And and I know, you know, Hannah works a lot with um, planting. So a lot of the live, you know, we talk about plants. So she has all, I'm sure your house is filled with beautiful Yeah, I have about 150 and... plants uh, in my house. How many? 150. Uh, that might be part of your clutter too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm actually realistically thinking giving away some plants. Oh, that's very nice. Myself, that's a very good gift to give. 
It is. Um, and, um, and, and there are people who really need them because people don't know about the benefits of playing spring, how they clear your air, how they produce right. oxygen, which ones photosynthesize during the day and which ones photosynthesize at night and it's how important it is and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. People, some, some people are scared to have plants in their bedroom mm-hmm. when there are specific plants which are really good to have in your bedroom. Anyway, but that's from what I know from the science point of view. That's not from feng shui. So I right, but that, that is part of it. feng shui in that it's one of the cures. One of the nine cures is about living objects. So that is your plants and your flowers and your bonsais and things that you have in your house. It's just too many is is too much. But plants are all mm-hmm. about vitality and growth. And when you're having or experiencing uh, a block in your career. Plants are great to add energy and to be used as a cure in that area, just for mm-hmm. that reason. All right. Very good. All right. Well, thanks, Hannah. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much for much. calling in and listening. Thank you so Thank much. You. Okay. okay. Have a great Bye-bye. rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay, Eileen, looks like you and I are back. Okay. okay. All right. So we are about, my goodness, where is time going? We have about two minutes. Can you believe it? Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. One minute and 11 seconds. I just looked at the clock. One, one, okay. one. Isn't that a sign? So um, anything else you want to share? I'm going to put your information up. Everybody, just so you know, not everyone's on the chat room. So I'm going to put the information on the event, Facebook event page. And this is going to be by recording also. So some of you have listened live. You can listen again because there was a lot of information. I know for myself, I'm going to listen again. And I will list Eileen's information. Also, she is available by appointment for a private consultation. So I know a lot of you are interested in that. And then you'll also give me that other information, Eileen. We could do that when we get off the phone together. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I, I feel like we're going to have to do a part two because I know there's so much that we didn't get to. I'll um, be glad thank, to. Thank you. I'm so glad that you shared with all the listeners, and we and thank you for bringing my awareness. And I learned something new today, so thank you again. Great. Thanks for having me, Tina. You're welcome. I really enjoyed ha- myself. Great. Thanks. Have a great rest of the afternoon. You too. Take care, everyone. Blessings. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye. So thank you, everyone, listening, and please feel free to find us again on the recording. Have a fantastic, fantastic week. Hang in there with this beautiful lunar full moon. And holding each and every one in prayer, many blessings. They said you wouldn't make it so far And ever since they said it, it's been hard But never mind the night you had to cry Cause you had never let it go inside You worked too hard You know exactly what you want and need So believe And you can never give up You can reach your goal Talk to you